0: Podcast. Shut up. Welcome to this good about Bench podcast. <laughs> my, name, my name is Mike Sim. I'm a commercial photographer in the United Kingdom. Over the Atlantic Ocean is my best friend, no offence Kyle, uh, Christopher Stern. Say hey. hi, Christopher.
1: Hi, hello. This is the show uh, where we uh, verbally abuse Mike uh, Habitugel. and Mike does. Perfect.
0: And 20 minutes on the train away from me. Is a man who needs no introduction. Even though I think we've already given him about two. He is the man with the golden beard, who's actually smaller than you would imagine in real life. It's uh, it's Kyle Say Wait, hi, Kyle.
2: Smaller? You What's are you're... a little
0: bit. In real life, you're a little bit shorter than I would imagine. Yeah.
2: That's interesting because I always like you know yeah I've had that before. You like meet someone that you've known online and you're like, yeah, you're larger or smaller or different than you have seemed. I think you're you're
1: you're in, you're slighter in real oh. life.
2: Okay. I have I no think it's...
1: perception of your size, but we do have the same Blundstones, so I feel yes. a kinship there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I feel that. Mine are falling apart, actually. I'm quite disappointed.
1: Oh, how long have you had yours? In two years. Uh, I've had yeah. mine for about two years, too, but they are I don't wear them every single day. I did for a while, but um, they're holding up really great. Mine are mine are so bad
2: that uh, when I walk, my like ankles fold over, and people have actually started commenting on my YouTube videos that there's something wrong with. My do you know, what you know what you need? Do you know what you need to get? You need to
1: get some Red Wings. No, no, no I might just go for like that. the original Docs. No, 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 no! Real. Don't. Okay, check this out. This is super dorky, but there's this guy on YouTube. I can't remember. I think it's. Uh, he he cuts. It's just boots the guy that cuts up shoes. Yes. Yeah. i have watched videos. What, his like, videos. His videos are great. Out? Yeah, yeah, so I'll I'll find out with the guy. Hold on a second. Um, so he cuts these boots in half and he talks about because he's a leather bootmaker and he he knows a lot about, about the construction boots and of them. leather. Yeah, and so he, he he cuts them up and he wears them for a long time and he'll talk about you know how good they are and he hates Doc Martens because they're uh, apparently the leather is cheap and won't last very long. Agreed. Um, the and then something about the insole and the midsole are just cheaply done. Um, he says if you want to buy, um. Uh Doc Martin's to get them made in England, like whatever vintage style ones, but that's yeah. if you absolutely feel like you need them, otherwise get something else. and he Red recommends wings. a different boot um, that has a, that they make the similar to Doc Martin style um, but they are uh, much better construction and they I guess um, will last a whole lot longer and are also more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh um here we go, Rose Anvil. That's the name of the the, of the, uh, and I'll send you the actual video. Oh, Solovare is the name of the. um, Send me the details. uh, Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send send you a link. Definitely (laughs) worth
0: a watch.
2: You know what's funny about Blundstones? I mean, we're already completely off topic, but like, yes, since since I've lived in England, I haven't seen like a single pair of. Like no anyone, but the, like Canada has this crazy obsession with them. So like uh, when I went to the airport mm. last year to fly home, I like knew I was at my gate because like seventy five percent of the passengers on the plane are wearing. <laughs>
1: <flying around. So, laughs> was like That's the most I've been here. They're but. they're but very stylish in the US right now too.
0: I'm they're, no, I'm just all about the Red Wings. I like. Christopher, you've got two pairs of Red Wings.
1: Well, my daily drivers, as far as like boots, when I'm not wearing my Blundstones, are my Red Wing Heritage Mock Toes. Those are my yeah. Favorites. See, I've got I've got the Mock Toes, and I've yeah. got the Red the Iron Rangers as well. But like me too,
2: yeah.
0: I I'm all about the Mock Toes right now. They're super <laughs> see, I, comfortable.
2: I know nothing. I honestly just bought a pair of Blundstones and Canada because everyone else was, and then I love them. Right. But like you guys are way over my head right now with all this other stuff.
0: <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> YouTube, obviously we've got you know you two youtube people on here Hmm. but on that subject as you know i am looking to buy a new digital camera setup Mm -hmm. and because i've spent many many time in the last years just buying film cameras that i don't need i've kind of neglected my digital camera setup which is the thing i use for work so i need to get some new stuff and i was thinking i'm going to buy a mirrorless that's 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 mirror for you uh you guys mirror as you pronounce it mirror mirrorless um mirrorless camera setup
1: okay the proper Uh, pronunciation
0: i you know use all the letters um (laughs) and uh i had no idea what i'm buying i don't know what anything i didn't know what to buy so i went to look at some youtube videos and i was like okay maybe this i can look at some you know this camera bit, like fuji versus sony or whatever Mm -hmm. But everything's catered for for video and i just want to know what to buy for a stills camera so Mm. i'm finding that really difficult but then also i borrowed someone's sony to go out and shoot that and as much as i like the setup i i feel like i'm just shooting a computer as opposed to a camera
2: yeah i think the fuji is the only camera that'll give you a little bit of not that and that's what i say that's what i said (laughs) the thing is is like especially if you haven't looked into camera, like camera tech with mirrorless and stuff like a- anytime recently, I think about this a lot, but I'm just like, they're all good. You could buy any one. I mean, this isn't an answer. Like this is going to be a useless answer for you, but that's the truth is like, you could literally go and buy any single mirrorless out there right now. And it's going to be good. And it's going to yeah. do the yeah, thing.
0: It's more just a discussion around it. Like I don't really, I, when I use my digital camera, so I've got a Nikon D850 and it's like, it's a great camera. But it's just it's cumbersome, it's big, and I'm not that interested about that anymore. Uh, I'd rather have a smaller camera, something a bit more compact that does the job.
1: Um, Well, here's the thing, uh, and I tell anybody who asks me what camera they should buy because I get the question often. It's just you need to go pick up cameras and find the one that you think feels the best, uh, the one that you think looks the coolest to you, uh, and the one that fits in your budget, and buy that. Because like Kyle said, they're all all good. They all have um, feature sets that are beyond what most of us need. Um, Yeah, there are certain cameras that I think are more slated towards, like you said, video. Or more that are more kind of like features that are kind of niche, you know? But Mm. on the the whole, you can kind of like close your eyes and throw a rock and hit one and you're like good to go. But it just kind of comes down to what you like. Do you film your videos with the same camera you shoot with? Yeah, I do. That's just because I haven't allocated funds to buy a separate digital camera. But What what have you got again? A Fuji X-T3. The X-T3.
0: And what have you Mm -hmm. got, Kyle? X-T4. Yeah, see, I'm looking at the X-T4.
2: So it's practically... The X-T4 is the best camera I've ever owned. Uh, mm. like for video and for photo, like, I think if you, if you like, I, I hear you with Sony, I've had some Sony mirrorless before in the past and like, they're great. They're super capable cameras. And like, some of this is just in our heads for sure. But yeah, they just feel like a little boring. Whereas like Fuji, you know, you have like your analog dials and they have film simulations and like the Fuji mm. glass. I absolutely love like, they're just, mm. they're like probably the most fun digital camera where it's like Fuji's still keeping it real. This yeah is the most well sort of... i
1: feel like in sorry i just was gonna say i feel like with sony the ergonomics actually put me off like i don't like the ergonomics at all
0: yeah agreed it to me when i i i, I forced quite like the only thing i liked about it was the sound of the shutter but you said you didn't like that but i just think it sounds like a laser we've ever been yeah no yeah. i agree but then the what are the zooms like like say the the 2470 equivalent on the fuji or the sharp oh.
2: yeah 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 I what a, do you have? You have a six, 16 to 55 eight yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I have that and then I have a 16 four which is like the lens I use probably like 85% of the time and it's just like it has such a nice
1: look to it. Yeah, for all of my commercial work that is like um fashion or anything that's like commercial pretty much, I'm using this this lens. Yeah. Cuz it's got a constant aperture. Um it's super super sharp. Um on the wide and and long end uh and it's just it's just like a very solid le- i mean like this is a 24 to 70 equivalent and look how yeah. big it is like it's very small you know
0: yeah that's it so i, I want like i want a 24 70 equivalent i mm-hmm. want an 85 equivalent and probably a 35 equivalent um
1: yeah so sixteen fifty five then... 2.8 and then you want the 56 1.4 or i'm sorry is it a 1.4
2: yeah, I think they have a one point two
1: and a 1.2. Yeah, yeah 56, yeah, 1.2, yeah. and then the um, 23, some 23, 23. So the cool thing is um, you can purchase like a kind of a full set of lenses for really cheap because they have the F2 series. So no, they I have, have, the, the, I have the 23 F2. It's a good. Lens. Yeah, there's a 23, the 35, there's the 50, and then I think there's one other one. Um, but they're all like around three hundred, four hundred bucks a piece, and the maximum aperture is f two. But the thirty five f two was my ride or die for four years. I think that thing yeah. lived on my X Pro two. That that lens is so good. It focuses incredibly fast. Um, the sharpness there's you know nothing to talk about because like all modern lenses are sharp enough, but it's like a great yeah, but- looking lens. That's the thing I with
0: digital. Like, I want sharp. Like, if I'm gonna shoot digital, I want it to be sharp. I'm, like, You'd have
1: a harder fit. time finding a soft digital lens in modern times than you would finding a really sharp one. Like, who's yeah. who's buying less, like modern digital lenses and finding that they're soft? Like, that just doesn't happen. You know. Mm-hmm. I also quickly want to
0: just say, Kyle, are you wearing shorts?
1: I am. Cool,
2: man.
1: wow that must be nice it's 36 degrees in milwaukee right now i'm wearing like,
0: check it out i'm wearing tartan pajama trousers right now
2: wow those are dad pants hardcore it, i'm wearing uh, Carhartt heart pants this is like the weather here is like <laughs> i feel like it's winter and that just means it's going to be 13 degrees for the next five months uh, <laughs> I mean, like it it's situator. cold today man oh, i love it
1: wait Good so time. you're wearing shorts and i'm guessing you have the heater cranked
2: it's on yeah yeah, I mean, I'm my not heaters. wearing these like outside to hang out and stuff.
1: Right, <laughs> my heater's on, but I'm also st- I'm still wearing my Blundstones and Carhartt pants because it's just you wearing pain. shoes inside. Yeah, man, I am, but only because nice. uh, my feet were cold. That's the reason. We'll put two pairs of socks on. Yeah, slippers. Uh, All no, right,
2: guys. Slippers. Well, Never slippers. Do you do wear do dressing? In- do you wear a dressing gown? Me? Yeah. No. Oh, good. Anyone? Anyway. you oh, wear dra- this is like as lounge as I get. Shorts. It.
0: a dressing gown. What do you call it? Uh, do you not call it a dressing gown in America? You're talking about like a nightgown,
1: what robe, you know? a robe, I like oh, a robe. Robe. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, no. Those are usually in the states. We usually, you know, if you're super, super lazy, or you're at a hotel or a resort, then then the robe. There's never out. any reason to wear one. I just think you they're just horrible, disgusting.
2: It's kind of like putting a um, coat on inside. I
0: I don't. Yeah. I I'd like yeah. to get like old, old and senile, and like only go out wearing that and nothing else. Like yeah. to the shop to go and get my milk. Then it's I mean, fine. that's
1: that's kind of. You could just do it now it. if you want. Yeah. C- okay.
0: Yeah, but like I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to play the old senile card. It would just be like, oh, there's that 36 year old guy with his knob out in the co op <laughs> again. I
1: mean, <laughs> that was a very British. That was a very UK sentence. There's <laughs> say it again. <laughs> Is a thirty-six year old guy with his knob out in the co-op oh, again. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, back to so cameras. Anyway, <laughs> so the so
0: the Fuji Fuji if you're do you think if you're if you shoot a lot of film Fuji mm-hmm. film is the way to go. Also, I hate the fact that it's called Fuji film. Just call it Fuji. Uh,
1: that's just the trademark name of the company. I, just I know,
0: but it annoys it. me. I, well, just yeah, just call it a Fuji camera. I don't know.
1: They make Instax. <laughs> film. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I would I recommended to you the Fuji because I have a lot of experience with the Fuji cameras and uh, they are it's just solid. You know, I, I like you're right. The classic ergonomics, the dials, uh, everything just works really nice. It feels good to like hold. Um, and the Sony
0: felt the Sony felt really uninstinctive as well. Like it's navigation on the back of it and stuff just felt really odd. Some um, people like it yeah
1: just not my thing yeah
2: just go fuji don't waste any more time like what are your I other mean, yeah. options
1: canon honestly yeah the canons yeah, yeah. the, the are super Sony. expensive and yeah. and canon they're f- good but one. you have to buy sh- into another mount i again. shot a canon once
0: uh because my i was my camera was really getting fixed and uh i've always shot a nikon and mm. uh i borrowed someone's canon and I don't think it was. A, I, I I liked it, but it just I'm just was used to the obviously the setup of my camera because it's tailored to the way I use it. Mm. Um, but it's time to get rid. of But I'll probably keep the I'll keep the Nikon just for shooting with strobes. I don't like the idea of those viewfinders with strobes.
2: Why is like that? the electronic ones? Yeah. Hmm.
1: What? Why? Why? why do you, yeah.
0: Well, ch- surely when you're looking at it, if you're dialed in for a strobe, you're not able to actually. Do you, can you still see what's going on?
1: Can you see when you take a picture of the DSLR when the, when the mirror flips up? Like It's the same thing, right?
0: No, but with the DSLR, you're looking through the lens, right? Whereas, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're looking... So okay, so if, I, if, I, if I'm stopped all the way down because I'm about to fire off a strobe,
1: then surely it's going to be black. No. no. So here's the thing. Uh, on my Fuji, you can set a mode that basically, no matter how stopped down you are, it opens the iris all the way or to whatever you want it to so that you can see and then it stops down once it takes the shot so it automatically Ah. does it like any other camera i think right okay i assumed that
0: with it the electronic viewfinder that like you would when you dialed it down into whatever you were shooting it would you would be looking at nothing
1: no no No. it's always gonna (laughs) go it's always gonna give you like a live preview yeah you can have it do that if you want but why would you do that
0: Mm. But that's why I like the idea of shooting them in like natural light. So I can see that when I'm, you can, you can um, expose your image as you're going to see it when you shoot it.
1: Right. So here's the thing about mirrorless cameras nowadays. Their, the flexibility is kind of like unending. So you can kind of set it up however you want for any situation. Like, so for when I shoot video, I turn my viewfinder off. And I just have LCD on only. And then I have HDMI out to my monitor. Uh, and then I have it. A natural live view so it shows me what the camera is actually seeing um yeah. and then on the hdmi out i'm seeing a LUT, so i know so i'm looking at it how it might look like when i'm done color grading okay, got it you. uh and then when i'm shooting in studio with a strobe i'm usually either plugged in tethered to a, a computer so it can automatically you know put yeah, it up yeah, yeah. so we can all see it and then i'm looking through the viewfinder and with the viewfinder i'm looking at a live preview that is um corrected so that i can see right um and then once it takes a picture it just like flashes out for a second then goes back to normal like just like it would if if you have a mirror going up there we go very flexible (laughs) yeah i've taken about five
2: photos on my fuji as well so i'm at like the extent (laughs) of my advice that really here yeah (laughs) yeah i just use it for video but Uh, it is good it is good at making photos the the few that i've taken i like i i had the x100 f as well Mm, yeah and i sold it because i'm like it's kind of like a dual purpose camera i just don't shoot much digital as it is but
0: yeah now next question oh sorry carry on
1: i was just gonna ask if you're ever gonna do a fuji um a digital simulation versus the real thing (laughs) video (laughs) um i don't know i thought about it
2: it's one of those things though the thing i find that i i like catch myself often doing now is like everything's been done. Right. Which is like, whatever, that's, I'm not complaining about that, but like if you come up with an idea and then you Google it even for a second and you see like 15 other videos about it, it's kind of
1: like, "Uh, why would I, like, what am I, what else am I going to say? You know? Exactly. (laughs) Um, luckily I think for people like creators like yourself, I think that no matter how many times I see someone talk about how good Portra 400 is, if you make a video about Portra 400, I'm going to want to see what you say about it just because it's, it's you. So you're saying I should do a Portra 400 video you have already done a fort to 400 it was videos the first, the first video and the most recent video i just did for peer space i i name drop and link it that it's going to be up in a couple of weeks i guess uh because i talk about or no not no, no no not for peer space for my channel because my next video um spoiler alert this isn't probably going to come out before it comes out maybe it does it will. we can cut this out if it does but anyway um The next video is going to be called portrait sucks and it's going to talk about, (laughs) it's going to talk about people use portrait as a crutch. I'm sure that'll bring in some good, some good chats. I hope people hate it
0: so much, (laughs) but you know, this is what I was saying the other day to you is that like, I want to see much more transparency in YouTube photography, like creators. I want to hear much more about what they think and their process in that Mm. sense. Like I think that that's when it becomes interesting to me and that's when people become interested. Like, I, I want to hear more of that. Like, I want to hear things like, you know, this is why portrait sucks as opposed mm-hmm. to here's this camera. I'm shooting portrait again. It's like, well, you're in luck.
1: Well, you're in luck. What I'm trying everyone to do shoots portrait,
0: but you're a, you're a, you're a, um, you're an Ektar fan as well. I,
1: I also bring that up in the video. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You're a big fan of the Ektar. Um, I but then I mean, it all just depends on, I don't think people shoot enough film for their surroundings, for the context. Like, when you're in the UK, like, Portra looks entirely different to what it does in, in you know, LA. Because um, the surroundings are completely different, the colours are completely different. It still looks like Portra, but it doesn't look like, you know, you look at Kyle's work, and you you know that it's shot on Portra. But you're not going to get that look here, if that makes any
1: sense. Sure, but, uh, I mean... Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, but I Contextually, it's different. Yeah. I mean, like what I learned living in Milwaukee for the short time or visiting Milwaukee for the last year, I guess, is that, you know, it's very gray here pretty often. And yeah, so I'm not going to get Los Angeles colors here, but that's kind of the thing is like, if you got that color here, it wouldn't make sense because it doesn't, that color doesn't exist here. But overcast here is overcast everywhere. Like if it's overcast in Los Angeles, it looks like anywhere else that's overcast pretty much other than the fact that there's no greenery or, you know, there's no like trees or anything. But, um, here, uh, you know, I, my girlfriend has said it before where she's like, Oh, you know, I wanted to go shoot today, but it's so overcast. and It's uh, like the light sucks. And I'm just like, does it though? Like it's just, the sky's a big softbox right now. Let's go find something exactly. cool to like mm, shoot yeah. or whatever. I, I, cause a lot of people share that, that sentiment that like, and I have before, too, that like if it's overcast or if there's no sunlight, then the light sucks. But I think that another crutch that people lean on is like sunlight. <laughs> Obviously, sunlight's beautiful, but like we yeah. know that bu- blue hour and golden hour are beautiful. We know that sunrises and sunsets yeah. are pretty. It's like, tell me something I don't know. Like, show me but something if it's else.
0: O- if it's overcast, then you've got a much longer shooting window the whole day whereas like when it's sunny right. it's like you've got you've got high contrast for the majority of the day and then you get your, your golden hours whereas like with it, when it it's overcast you've got a lot more to play with
1: yeah but how are you supposed to get those like portrait pastel colors if you don't have golden hour oh my god <laughs> I, I think people too
2: like almost just get we all do it we get stuck with what we know yeah right yeah. if that's overcast or if that's Golden Hour, like whatever we enjoy shooting the most, and then everything else is just like strange. We don't like it as much. But with film stocks, what I was going to say one thing, like I almost think what's more important nowadays than like trying different film stocks or like get finding the perfect one is like taking the time to learn. Like I think taking the time to learn how to work with an individual film stock Mm-hmm. like takes a while just cuz yeah. like con- converting color negative film and learning how it like responds to like exposure and different scanning methods is like it's difficult man like there's so that's why i'm actually i'm doing a video about this that's going to come out maybe in the next month but talking about this whole like do you edit your film photos oh awesome. um, notion right just talking about like since we're most of us are viewing work online and since almost everyone is scanning their film there's this like crazy variance in what Portra 400 looks like exactly. right because everyone is using different programs or using a lab they're scanning at home some people's you know uh, images have like crazy color cast but they think it's the film and then people think that was because of the film oh Portra 400 that looks so cool but it's just because it wasn't scanned right so i think like it's interesting to think right like with a digital camera Like if you had a digital, if if you had your X-T3 and I had my X-T4 and we both set it to like Fuji standard color and we stood side by side and shot the same picture, it would look identical because it's the same. But with film, if we stood beside each other, shot Portrait 400, you went your way and I went my way and -hmm. you developed it however you did and I scanned it however, like they would probably look completely different. So there is like, there is no like benchmark for film in the day and age where we're like scanning it and it's going on computers so like I think like you know when I've shot Hector in the past Mm -hmm. I haven't liked it because it's always has some crazy red cast in the shadows and it looks Mm -hmm. weird but then I Mm -hmm. I've like Kyler Zeleny whose book I have he shot the entire thing on Hector and it looks incredible yeah because the person who like he's you know his work scanning it and and correcting (coughs) it looks incredible right it's like he's so it's like I almost think you need to take the time to like pick one film stock and work with it and learn how to like convert Mm -hmm. it in your software and how it reacts to things so you can get like the best results from it possible because it's like we've all seen it right you've seen portrait that's contrast you've seen portrait Mm -hmm. that's low contrast you've seen portrait that's warm you've seen portrait that's cold (laughs) like yeah (laughs) also the best the best (laughs)
0: result possible is is subjective it's the best result possible for what you think is the best result possible. Totally. Like,
2: if you, if you shot Portra and it had some crazy red cast in the shadows and it was super flat and you were stoked <laughs> on it, that's the right way. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly. the thing is the yeah. funny
1: thing about it with Portra being kind of like the catch-all like best film, people people are right in the wrong way. Like Portra is kind of the best film, but not because of the Portra look, but because Portra has this crazy latitude, latitude. that you can yeah. like push it pull it and it's abuse good to scan it. yeah it's like and right. it does have
2: like nice neutral colors like you can get to a point where with like a nice mm-hmm. neutral
1: look yeah but you can also make it super contrasty really punchy saturated yeah. like and, and you can really make it kind of do whatever you want it's a very uh malleable medium but people people focus on one little aspect of it and then they don't really kind of like realize like wait i'm saying the right thing but for the wrong reason yeah yeah <laughs> well so it's it's funny it's even like in the dark room, um, you wouldn't like,
2: it's the same thing, right? You, you would kind of like do whatever you wanted to your image to get it to the point that you wanted it to look, it's the same now. Right. It's like, it's almost mm-hmm. too, like, I get it. Like. I am one of those people too, who's like, it is fun to try all these different film stocks, you know, like Mm -hmm. see what, how they look. I just shot some expired film recently and uh, it reminded me how much I hate it because it's like, (laughs) I just basically shoot expired film and then try and make it not look like expired film when I'm correcting it later. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like there is this fun aspect to like, you know, we have these different things we load into the camera and each like film stocks still have their like distinct, you know, like Ektar does have very punchy like reds. It kind of has these Mm like, uh, unique greens to it but i think like the effects of like the unique characteristics of these film stocks are a lot more subtle than we think they are like i think if you shot every color film out there like color negative film and sent it to like the most high-end expert lab and got Mm -hmm. them to like correct it i think Mm -hmm. there would obviously be differences but i think they would be like a lot more minimal than we think
1: or, or kind of talk about I mean, that's actually kind of an experiment I was thinking about doing, and I, maybe maybe we can, the three of us can can try this. Um, I was actually thinking about contacting a lab that I knew. So there's Indie Film Lab in Georgia, uh, and they are very no- they're really well known for you know their scans and their their processing. they they've they do a really great job, and and uh, a lot of people like them. I was thinking about sending them three roles of color negative film and being like, can you get these as close as possible? Like scan, like develop them and then scan them and try to get them as like neutral as possible. Cause I want to see how different they really are. Because I think that's, that that's true that most of the differences Mm -hmm. between color negative films are very subtle. And then I think what happens is people, what we think is the differences between film is actually when people scan film badly and kind of get, yeah, get whatever the scanner gives them. And a lot of these scanners, like my V 700 is a capable scanner, but it fucking sucks in reality because if I put, you know, Ektar into it, it's going to give me super contrast, super saturated. And if I scan it just the way it wants me to scan it, it's going to look like what everyone thinks Ektar looks like. But if I go in and scan it flat and then edit it the way I like it, it's going to look like a good color image and you're not going to know what film it is. So it's like, okay, let's see if I can send film to a lab and have them do this. I haven't like th- obviously thought out the whole process, but like I thought it might be interesting to like see if we could really get people to see like, oh yes, if everything everything else is equal, you can yeah. tell what what's what,
2: you know? Well, that's, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to basically go to one source with some sort of yeah. like benchmark to compare. Like in the, the video that I did, I I took, I scanned uh, like a couple different um scenes of portrait 400, mm-hmm. same exact one, all at the same time. And then I converted it using Silverfast. I converted the mm-hmm. same image using view scan. And then I converted the same image using ViewScan and negative lab pro thing. Mm-hmm. And it gives you three different looks. So it's like, you know, depending on what your method is, like everyone is going, we could all have the same images and we'd all have a different starting point and our, all our images would end up looking somewhat
1: different. You know, you the guys, video, oh, sorry. sorry, Mike, I was going to say the video that you talked about view scan. And you were talking about you had scanned in this image, and it was like this car, uh, and you were just kind of going through what you do to like get the image to look kind of neutral to like a good starting point where you like it. And I remember thinking like, I hate that way that looks. It was portrait, and yeah. you scanned it in, and it was like a gr- I think the car was green, and it was like in front of like a brick, yeah, yeah. Building I remember the trying- yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I remember just thinking like you were saying like ah oh, that's a good starting point. I like the way the colors look here and I was just thinking like really that looks fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the end in the end, you know, you kind of got it to a place where I was like okay, that makes sense. But like uh that just kind of goes to show like you can <laughs> you can't really tell anything by anything. Like it, you it, view scans going to look so different cuz like when I scan the same thing into into uh Silverfast, it's yeah. th- the different the, the starting point is different. so different. Yeah. yeah. So yeah just
0: i just say, funny so i'm i'm in the process right now of putting in an application to get funding to do a photography project here um oh. and i know i know and is that um, a secret
1: is that a secret for now
0: no it's fine I, there's a basically behind me where i live right now there's a there's a huge um tower called Forester tower and mm-hmm. um oxford being oxford in similar way to like cambridge is that it's you know it's known for its its academia its tradition and it's sort of you know, wealth and pomp and all that sort of stuff. But obviously, there's a the reality of there's there's slightly different areas, and there's these two towers. One of them called forester Tower. It's behind me. There's I think seventy odd apartments in it, and I like the idea of doing a portrait series in there of just some of the residents of forester Tower because these are just they're just you know they're they're faceless blocks. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was going to do some some portraits in there. So I was looking at um. scanning methods um for doing the costing and i was looking at drum scanning them because i was going to shoot them Mm. i was going to shoot them medium format might even shoot them large format if i can get a hold of a camera and learn how to do it because i'm looking at doing it you know in quite a few months time drum cat scanning is so expensive yeah so expensive i've never done it Have you guys? I've never done it
1: either. Have you never done it? I thought you would have. No, no, because it's it is expensive, and I've always been pretty poor. But uh, it's also, I feel, I, I, my understanding is it's a very niche thing. Like you, like it's very, very purpose built, and you wouldn't want it for just like posting to Instagram, right? No, that's
0: what I mean. So I'd want. So basically, my plan with this is to have both, uh, like a a zine and an exhibition on the back of it. So with the exhibition, I would, I was thinking, I would want. I was wondering if doing didn't drum scanned print.
2: Yeah, mm. I guess it all I depends don't. on how big you'd want to print and what your alternative would be if you didn't drum scan. Like if you were going to use like a flatbed instead, there would be a massive difference. But you could also do like a virtual drum scanner, like an Imacon uh, or like a Flex type, which it would be cheaper for sure. You could That's go a vir- probably,
1: th- those are called virtual drum scanners? Yeah.
2: yeah, so like a traditional drum scanner weighs like, I don't know the exact weight, but like sure. m- hundreds of pounds. They're massive mm-hmm. machines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to like, go
0: out with false information, so I want the exact weight
1: of that. Uh, <laughs> Four
2: hundred and fifty-five pounds. Hang on, I'm gonna Perfect. Google it and see if I what's that in close. kilograms.
1: Can I get <laughs> kilos?
2: <laughs> Drum scanner weight.
0: What's that in frogs? How many frogs does that weigh? Oh, it's mean,
1: French. I was way off. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was. That's pretty manageable. <laughs> anyways, actually, it's, still,
2: it's it's a little more than like a Epson V850, but <laughs> <laughs> it's gone from being like
0: this is the heaviest scanner you ever seen. I Your did in my life, mind like...
2: picture like this, like a, yeah. Anyways, I was way off. Um, but there is like a FlexTite Hasselblad tight or Imacon. Uh, mm-hmm. same thing which they call a virtual drum scanner i, I don't know so enough bit, about them but the just, benefit yeah. of
0: it is just it's 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 super detailed right like... well
2: and and also uh probably be able to pull the most like information out of your image yeah that's in terms it. Of, like so, dynamic like... range yeah, yeah. but it, but it... it all depends on what kind of film you're shooting like i th- i don't again i don't know enough about drum scanning but like i think for like slide film they yeah. excel at pulling out detail of like shadow and highlight areas but i think with negative film if you use like a even like a cool scan 9,000 or, or like a flex tight compared to like a traditional drum scanner. I think that the difference would be like less. Yeah.
1: So I was watching a thing that Tyler Shields was doing and he made big prints, like big prints for um, some exhibition that he did and he didn't even do drum scans. He did like uh, I think he did um, Noritsu or some, some other scanner like that because he was just like, it's good enough. Like I don't need the best of the best um i think a lot of like fine art photographers will use drum scanners cuz they just need they need the best most detail most everything out of you know yeah. and if they're doing like heavy grading or heavy retouching actually um, i
2: had, i had someone reach out to me like a week ago another someone who has a youtube channel and they have a drum scanner i hadn't i like i hadn't met him or anything and he offered saying like if you want to do a comparison like some you they well. have a drum scanner yeah yeah and oh, so does oh. there's a guy named alex burke he shoots like landscapes on large oh formats. yes he has works yeah, incredible yeah. he also he drum scans as well he he yeah. actually offered oh. it to me as well there's a,
0: there's a few people when i was giggling like places to get drum scans done because there's like bayou or bayou or whatever it's called where yep. george uses in in london like i think Monty. It, the Munsonator uses it <laughs> or maybe still doesn't i don't know um they were like eighty bucks for a drum scan.
1: Yeah, per scan. Yeah. Per scan. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. And I mean, they're expensive anyway. Bio, but like,
1: I just—I think it's one insane. of those things where you scan it already, and you do the, and you're like, okay, this is definitely the frame I want scanned, and you're yeah. sure. Yeah, you don't go in s- with like a roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can,
2: you, can you give me a contact <laughs> sheet of these, please? Yeah, <laughs> can I
1: get a contact sheet of this roll of Kodak Gold I shot in my fucking you know I fucking whatever I found at the store? Free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay,
0: yeah, twelve by twelve meter contact sheet.
1: That
2: um that Alex that Alex Burke though I think he actually does it for people. He's a really good example though. Um, like on the topic of like uh editing film scans and stuff. Mm. Uh he is a super good example of someone who's like incredibly talented at Mm -hmm. like making film like different film stocks look how they should like if you look at his like ektar stuff and his portrait yeah all of his like edits are so neutral and the color correction is like flawless like in terms of like a base standard look
1: yeah he's really good he's he's kind of the standard that i look for when i'm trying to like get my scans to look good and i'm way off which i actually wanted to ask both of you about what you guys thought about um like the negative supply um dslr scanning kind of solution because i'm seriously considering yeah. switching just because you know i bought this v700 for very in was like 250 or something like not super expensive the the negative supply would be much more expensive uh plus i need to get another digital camera because there's no way i'm going to have my camera be my video camera, my stills camera and my scanning camera. That's yeah, too much moving think, around. So I was down I at know. Ben
0: I was down at Ben's house the other day um right. and he's now start I mean, you know, that guy's been developing and scanning film for, you know, God knows how long. Scanning film mm-hmm. for God knows how long. Yeah. And he's recently converted to doing that. Um he does it all with a macro lens uh, right. um which I think is the, the sort of standard if you can afford to buy a macro lens too. Um, there's a lot of
1: really good affordable vintage ones yeah
0: yeah so he was just saying for for speed and convenience like it's a no-brainer like and for the the quality of the images you get back it's Mm -hmm. like it's an absolute like it's yeah to him it was just a no-brainer he's got he's got a flatbed and he's got a cool scan But he's doing that as well.
1: Well, that's interesting. Because so for me, my whole thought process was the scanner technology, like in a flatbed. There's like a very purpose-built sensor and lens that's scanning. And it scans like lines or whatever, however scanners scan the image. Um, My perception in the beginning was that if you're using a digital camera to digitize negatives, you're not getting the same detail or you're not getting the same um, information out of the negative because it's just taking a one-pass image using a sensor um, and it's not going to be as good or as detailed as if you use a, a, a scanner that does like scanning passes. Right. Uh, is that wrong? Or am I, am I stupid for thinking that? Or I, I, I like,
2: I, I think it all depends on what you're using. I personally think yeah. with a flatbed and it depends what your film you're shooting. I would mm-hmm. personally, like I have a cool scan, but I would only, um, invest in like a high end flatbed, like a V850 or something. If I was say only shooting, six by seven i don't think i would like mm. if i was shooting six four five or a 35 i would go for a dedicated just because like um there i did like yeah i did a video a while ago about like the cool the epson versus the cool scan and there's mm-hmm. a like it's all it it all comes down to like personal preference right like to me there's right. a big difference um but with digital like dslr scanning um yeah I mean, I think it well, it obviously depends what body you're using, right? Like what camera body yeah. you're using, mm-hmm. um, how many megapixels, whatever the yeah. dynamic range is. And then I don't know, I feel like we're like it's it's all getting pretty well. That's
0: the thing. So he's he's using a Sony a7s Mark III or something, and it's like so a 40, really good. So it's yeah. like 40 something megapixels yep. with a macro lens, so like. You know if you were shooting it with a a 24 megapixel camera without a macro then obviously your results are going to be drastically different the process is still the same but your results are going to be like you know in night and day
1: well i was thinking about doing like an xt2 you know with a macro lens uh and i thought and i think that that's enough if you're just if you're not cropping much if you're just doing like you know individual frames it's it's going to be you know high enough resolution for anything i'm doing and if it's 35 millimeter then like it's not an issue right yeah. So, but my my whole consideration is that scanning 35mm film and I fought I fought this for so long because I just was telling people like it's not that bad and and I have the uh I have the lamography, little digitalizer thingies that you know, scanning 35mm on a flatbed is a level of hell that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Um <laughs> it's very very slow and it's just like film flatness is always an issue. Um it, it's just not a good experience and it's this so slow. So, I feel, I feel like it's,
2: um, like you can get good results out of it if you yeah. go through like a really complicated process of sharpening and sizing and stuff. But yes. the biggest thing for me with it has always been like, it's just like, you know, when you want to see your images for the first time, like mm-hmm. when you shoot a roll of 35 or whatever, and you get it developed and you're like <laughs> excited to see the images, yeah. it's always such a letdown at first when you see like the initial scans. <laughs> because I mean? you and have to do like, all the work to get it back
1: to where you want it well yeah and it just doesn't look great right away no <laughs> even on the best even on my best you know passes with the scanner because i've ha- I've gotten to a point where i've got Silverfast dialed in to where everything's very flat um it's not imparting its stupid color science on it as much uh and i'm you know scanning it as a negative to convert in negative lab so it's it's got a pretty decent starting point but like i just scanned a roll of film for my girlfriend last week and the colors came out so whack yeah um even though i scanned it in as a negative and it's just like there's gotta be another way to do this and every time i talk to someone who does you know dslr scanning or whatever you want to call it um they don't have that issue because they're scanning it with a camera and the camera is yeah. not going to make it all go out of whack because it doesn't it's not trying to do anything to make the image better. It's just scanning. It's just like taking a photo of it. So
0: I think it I just depends on what you. Well, yeah, I mean, like by the sounds of things, like if 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 speed is something that, that is and to me, it sounded really like finicky. It sounded really like it sounded like it was going to be hassle. But by the sounds of things, it sounds really. It sounds really easy and really well, convenient
2: that's, that's what all these products are for now right like that negative supply yeah. there's another company called like Valoy, valoi v-a-l-o-i right. mm-hmm. it's all about like they're basically just like carriers and with like masks but also and, how, you know, often, how often how often are
0: we ever like you know like how often are we ever looking at <clears throat> film photographs these days non-digitally and, and 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 what are they ever going on you know 99 percent of these images are going on instagram if you're posting to well. an Instagram
2: right. and you you have a 2,000 pixel wide image yeah. as your master, <laughs> it's like yeah, you're, really <laughs> you're good. good to go. Yeah, going You know, you're yeah. get that from any lab. You get a lab's budget scans, and it's going to be good enough to sharpen. So, like, for it depends on what Instagram. you're
0: trying to do. Like, if it's 35 millimeter, then you know you're not. It, I think it just comes. It literally comes down to what camera, you, what equipment you're using to photograph it. And if you can afford, you know, to be shooting on a 42 megapixel cam- or 46 megapixel camera with I I don't think it, that
1: that I don't think that that's so much of a thing that is a is i don't think you have to worry about that as much like i think if you had even had like a 16 megapixel digital camera and you were digitizing negatives i think that's still plenty um especially for stuff like 35 because even if you were were blowing them up i I think if you're printing larger you would want to you would want a bigger source file probably but if i mean like i said like i mean i guess considering like i'm not printing so I'm saying
0: if, you, if you're putting them onto instagram then fuck it doesn't matter you know shoot it
1: with a fucking right. cool pics. well, well like... if i'm gonna print <laughs> <laughs> if i'm gonna print i'm gonna take my negatives to a lab and i'm gonna have them scan it exactly. larger anyway i'm not gonna use a scan that i did at home exactly. I'm um, not gonna, yeah i mean i don't i don't have the the
0: ability to be doing that at home like to the way i would want right. to. If, if it's for if it's for print then i'd send it somewhere who's gonna do a good job of it
1: right but the problem i'm trying to solve is that there's literally film around me that i haven't scanned because i'm putting it off because it's such an unpleasant process right now so so it's like i don't know if that's ever going to be a problem you can solve
0: no i think (sighs) the only thing well i think well i mean by the sounds (laughs) of things there's no harm in trying this if you've got the equipment the only thing what you need is what a light box
1: well i'm trying to get well what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to leverage my my partnership with peer space to get negative supply to send me some stuff so i can make a video about it for pure space uh i don't know how well that's gonna go but uh and i definitely can't afford to buy 1200 dollars worth of shit right now
0: well ben had a ben had an app on his phone so like it was and then he bought a like a little case that sat so his phone turned into a light box and then he bought a case yeah i'm not that doing that over, yeah but then he got a case that sat over his phone for like fucking 20 bucks that right. sat over his phone so his phone was the light box and then he went from there and i was like
1: Well, my problem is, is that I have to do everything like I had this microphone that I was using for YouTube and for this, you know, it's an Audix OM2. It's the microphone that Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie uses and all his vocals live. This is a very good microphone. There's nothing wrong with it. Do you base
0: your entire existence off Death Cab for Cutie?
1: No, a lot of it is Radiohead. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was actually going to get to that because this is the microphone that Tom York uses in the studio. It's also the microphone he used in the Scotch Mist and we the, from the Basement something. series.
0: We need to just check something, though, Christopher, before we carry on. Kyle, what's your thoughts on Radiohead?
2: <laughs> I'm impartial. No thoughts. Fuck you. Oh, fuck yeah, you. What's, no the, thought. what's the point in you? That's yeah. interesting. Well, no, I, Nobody I, has no only, thoughts on Radiohead. I don't listen to them. I never have. <laughs>
1: Uh, was that a choice, or is that just because you just never felt the need? Just never. Is was it because you never?
0: Is it because you never wanted to
2: experience perfection? I well, well, I don't know. I don't know because I've never listened to them, so I don't know if that's true or oh, not.
1: Kyle, I'm going to the... send you. I'm going to send you a very short playlist of some of my favorite Radiohead songs. That I think you might dig. And if you want to listen to it, you can. Okay. But if you don't, so, add them to that's the fine. add them to the boot link. The <laughs> <I'll>, uh, boot <laughs> boot link Radiohead <laughs> <Head> playlist. <laughs> yeah. For Kyle McDougall. got You're, it done. I can but, imagine
0: Kyle. You just sit listening to like Leonard Skinnerd. What?
1: Uh, <laughs> he's Canadian. No,
0: no. I know, I know, but he just looks like he listens to Leonard Skinner. I don't I know mean, anyone. I mean, okay, sorry, Celine Dion. You only listen to Celine Dion. She's and Nickelback. And, and Nickelback.
2: That's my playlist. Those two are. Is artists. he married <laughs> to? Is he married
0: to Avril Levine? Yeah, he was. Yeah. My buddy is. So I,
2: My my friend growing up dated Avril Levine as she was like getting big, and then we used to once uh, she blew up and started dating Nickelback. That was like we would just rag start on dating before.
0: Nickelback.
1: It is she? Yeah. Is she Canadian? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's from Ontario. He's French Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Avril no, Lavigne she... is not a giveaway, is it? No, no. Fuck. I don't know. I don't do these things. I don't figure that shit. I'm not interested. Well, look in at her the name. Her name is of super Levine. French. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Um,
1: anyway, the point I was going to make. Chad. Was, what's his name? Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. <laughs> yeah. Here's the point I was trying to make.
0: I know that a hero can Stop. save so, us.
1: So, so uh, you buy things and based I know off that... of other people who use them. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. That workaround that your friend has probably works fine with his phone using it. I've seen people use their phone as illumination, an illumination source for scanning. He's your friend now. Like, you've
2: spoken to Ben. <sighs> oh, would yeah. You use a, would you use a microphone by Chad Kruger?
1: I think Chad Kroger probably uses Radiohead microphones too. You think so? Probably. such an insult okay. to Tom York no yeah, uh like if be.
2: chad uh, uh n- i don't I'll, know probably I'll Google what mikey uses okay what yeah microphone well the reason okay so the is. reason
1: this microphone just <laughs> happens calling to him be him nickelback <laughs> he's nickelback <laughs> here's the thing this microphone just <laughs> happens to be a very famous sure sm57 uh, oh yeah that's pretty much what this is it's just okay. a different style but uh, so um, you
0: use nickelback microphone
1: I do. But this, this is just happened. This, the one that Tom York uses just happens to be a very famous and renowned uh, broadcast microphone that a lot of people use. And so I was just like, oh, Tom York uses it. It's obviously good enough. And also, it is a very, it's a standard in the industry. So I got it. But I went all the way. Like, I don't need this microphone for anything that I do, but I have like the best now because I wanted to. To cover my bases and make sure mm. I had the headroom, right? So if I have something like, if I want to scan my film, I'm not going to do it like half-assed because I've done. I feel like what I have been doing, and even before this with the V six V five fifty, was half assed scanning my film because I just had like a cheap flatbed, and I'm not getting what I want out of it. So my whole thought process is like, okay, I have to actually do better and go all the way and get the good stuff and then do it that way or don't do it at all right so it's like but it's also what's the, end,
0: what's the end result what's your goal like it's when you my goal tram- is to
1: get scans done quickly enough where i'm not here for four hours scanning a few rolls of film and then right. also the quality is consistent because yeah, i right. get one day i turn my scanner on i get scans out of it and it's like pretty decent and then another day i get whack colors and i don't know why black and, and i'm sitting here okay
2: (laughs) uh, before we move on to that i will say so like i think the only thing that a different setup is going to do is Mm. improve your like um the the amount of time you spend and the like resolution and sharpness Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what colors a little bit for sure. Like from the Epson to the cool scan, it can deal with like overexposed and underexposed film better. But mm-hmm. like every time you could, I think regardless of what you use, when you go to convert color negative film, it's just
1: nine times out of 10 going to be a pain in the ass. Well, do you have like a method to get things as neutral as possible? Cause I've, I've tried a lot of things, but I'm not, really sure what's working and what's not because it is kind of like a crapshoot every time i try it so do you have a way where when you scan co-negative film that you get like at least semi-consistently neutral results no <laughs> okay <laughs> cool no. every time i click negative lab pros convert button
2: i'm just like please look good and when well, what about with them...
1: scans what about with scans
2: well like, i don't from the I, scanner? I don't i don't convert with the scanner software like i so, send the raw files out and use negative lab pro
1: so you're using Silverfast. No. View scan. View scan. View scan. do you get does view scan when you scan it as a negative is it scanning it flat it scans it so i scan it as
2: an image so it's like it's literally like it's scanning the negative if it were like a piece of paper or a photo you how laid do you on do that? that It just has. well view scan has an image setting so then none of the color mm. settings apply it sends out a raw file like you you get you pull it in and you have it has the orange mask on so what wait
0: before lightroom how oh. many programs do you go through two what? What? one view scan view scan yeah. wait a and, second. And, the so, cool,
2: and the cool scan you can batch so you put in your tray of like 12 it'll whole two strips of 6 35 and you can just say scan 1 to 12 and you go and have a coffee and it so
1: it scanning that way in view scan yeah. do you find that you get at least that takes out that kind of like weirdness in color at being able to scan it that way because i feel like my issue is trying to bypass whatever the scanner wants to do color wise even when i scan as a negative um are you converting yours in Silverfast? like is it doing no. the color
2: conversion you're sending Mm-mm. out like the orange masked raw file or whatever to use yeah. a negative lab power tiff or whatever it is I, it's a tiff yeah 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 no it should i don't know much about Silverfast, but it shouldn't be like i don't think their color settings are like adjusting how the orange mask looks i think when you I send guess. like a raw file out it doesn't yeah. in view scan it doesn't matter you could crank the sliders all around and like whatever it sends out is just like what it would be
1: regardless. I think another issue with the scanning is that, like, scanning programs in general are not intuitive. No, they're overly complicated. I downloaded really?
2: Silverfast for this video I was doing just so I could do that comparison. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's nothing wrong with it, but I don't use it. So I'm just like, whoa, like, what is all this? Like, there's shit everywhere, you know, tabs That's and funny. sliders and. But ViewScan's the same, but I know ViewScan, so it just feels normal.
1: I thought it was interesting that you chose ViewScan over Silverfast, because I find SilverFast coming from Epson scan to be more familiar and a little bit easier to kind of navigate where ViewScan, I was just like, what the fuck is going well, on? Well, it's because I learned <laughs> it. That it was the first one I chose.
2: And like I'm very oh. much one of those people with everything where I like mm-hmm. I don't want to dick around. Like as soon as the the thing works, I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm not trying anything else, <laughs> except it. for Are you, random YouTube you're videos. Scan
0: scanning your own four by fives.
2: Yeah. 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 How are you Wait, finding that? how I have an Epson V4990. Oh right. Yeah. I That's found an it, older
1: one. I found it in a thrift store for 5 bucks back home. That's so pumped. how does that compare to the V series the newer v, v series? You like it better? Is it just like is it just simpler or what?
2: So it would have been like this was like you know, how you had like the V550 and 600 that do like medium format 35. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then the mm-hmm. V700 yep. is like the first like you know 4x5 capable one. Which so is why this was mine. like the this was like the the pro model before the V700 came out. It was the V4990, mm. so it can do like up to 8 by 10 and it apparently has like better D Max or whatever than the other ones. But I don't know. It's the fun. So here's the funny thing: is like shooting. If I shoot 4x5 and scan it on that Epson, mm-hmm. I get the same size file as one of my six by sevens scanned at full res on the cool scan and the six by seven is way more detailed and sharper because the cool scans that much better mm. so it's like i wonder my, if there's yeah. a
1: difference with the v700 maybe i wonder
2: i don't what I would still you think say the cool scan would pump out a better file
1: to go to off scanning like one. and quickly into
0: four by five what yeah. would you yeah. say is the if you were to buy say an intrepid or if you were to buy uh, Chamonix, mm. right? So there's what about a seven hundred pound difference between those two cameras? Yeah,
1: if 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 not more, yeah. yeah. Can I can I put in my two cents? Being someone who has not bought a new four x five before, Kyle says anything. Really uh-huh. quick, I was told skip the intrepid all the way. Just fucking forget it. Just get a Chamonix. Well, this is the
0: thing. So continue. For what, for what? Well, my my thing is that like if you're going to go with, like, an introduction into 4x5, right, why mm-hmm. would I buy something that has, if you can afford to buy the Chamonix, then mm-hmm. surely you would just buy it, because you don't have the the issues of, like, um, especially setting up by the sounds of things, it sounds, like, really fucking annoying, With the Intrepid doesn't set up at the 90 degree angle, whereas, like, a Chamonix will just click in at 90. You've got a Chamonix, right?
2: No. Kyle. No, I have a no, Santa, you don't. Santa Pica.
0: And then, your oh, speed yeah. graphic, have you still got your speed graphic? I do. Mm-hmm. And then, I thought a speed graphic would be quite, you know. I mean, like,
1: well, my, the my, difference my, between my... the speed well, graphic a... and and like his is that mine is a field camera, so yeah, it's so a field camera, right? Yeah, right. So it doesn't have all the movements. It's easier to use, but it also doesn't yeah. have all the. Size.
0: I'd, I'd, yeah. So I think I'd want, I'd want the movements. I'd want that, 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 that tilt and that ability to make those adjustments. And I think the, the Intrepid is- for its price point sounds solid, but it just sounds like it's got niggles that would just once you master them it's probably not a problem
2: uh, here's my here's my thoughts a i think the world of large format is like you can get you get very mixed uh information and feedback oh, like yeah. there's some people who are like those those things are shit skip that get that like there's a lot of opinions in the 4x5 world regardless of what camera you choose and how well it sets up and clicks into place and all this kind of stuff Um, when you're first starting out for the first couple months of shooting four by five, uh, setting up the camera and getting it ready is a pain in the ass or not even pain in the ass, but like challenging because you don't know what you're doing and there's so many things you have to get right. So if you have an intrepid where you have to like dial in like the, you know, the how um, level the back or the front back standards are first, or if you have one that clicks into place, like you're still probably going to mess something up. So like in a way, and that was one of my biggest complaints with that camera. Not a, a spirit, on, not a, not, label bubble, not, not a, not a complaint. Cause it's a super cheap, like the price yeah. of it, it shouldn't be a complaint. That was one of my things I would have liked seeing added to that camera, but, um, like it teaches like the biggest thing you'll learn when you shoot four by five for the first month is that you need to slow Like every image is going to take you way longer than you want it to, because it has to. Like even yeah. with that Stena pika that I have now I'm in this mode, like I'm still pretty new. I've only been shooting four by five for like a couple of years off and on and, and whatnot. But like, now it's like, when you set up, you go over, you, you uh, zero everything out and then you go over everything and then you double check mm-hmm. everything again. So like, there's no, like, if you get a camera that clicks into place, it's not going to speed up your process by like 90% or anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I loaded up five or six film holders for my trip, driving from los angeles to milwaukee and i was like i'm gonna take all these photos it's gonna be really great but that exact reason is why i didn't take a single photo on my my uh speed graphic because like it just was gonna take too much time each time yeah. and i just was like i have my rb i have my Rolly, i have my nikon's yeah. i don't need And to i suppose
0: you're never me. also going to take a photo for the sake of taking a photo because no. it's not worth it it's a, it's, <laughs> a
2: complete, it's a complete different way of working and t- truthfully like I don't think it suits everyone or uh, like, no, it, no, it definitely doesn't. And I think that's one of, as film photography gets more popular again, like, of course, for all of us, there's this like, well, I want to try that now. And oh, I want to try that. Like, yeah. why not? Right. Especially with like the, how affordable some of these things like an intrepid are, right? Like a couple hundred pounds for four by five camera, The you can get lenses for cheap. So like, but I think yeah, the one the f- thing you realize film, is costs. like, this might not actually be for me. And it's funny whenever yeah. so I, so I came across some a photographers work recently Um, I can't remember his name. He's this, he's Russian. And he did this um, incredible portfolio of like going to these like, like crazy remote places where there's these like forbidden cities in Russia and like old military installations. And his photos are these like, of these landscapes that are super sparse in like whiteout conditions with these like weird structures from like military and whatnot. Anyways, I was like, just like immersed in it, like incredible work. And then I, and then I, he shot them all six by seven. And i'm just like uh, like not (laughs) that that means anything but in my head i'm like you know picture that kind of stuff like four by five they just like the tones and the detail in them looked incredible obviously it's the internet but so i think um there is this like desire to like okay i I gotta try six by seven i'll try six by nine i gotta try four by five and there's nothing wrong with that at all but i I do think like there comes a point where it's like the format and the limitations some of its limitations could potentially affect your ability and the quality of the work. I
0: think, yeah. as someone that primarily shoots portraits, like myself, like there's a massive amount of romanticism around like large format shooting portraits. For and, sure, like, there is. Yeah, I I love the idea of it. I love the the idea of the process. Um, and I I found that shooting with the RB that I like the time it takes to do that, even compared to the the six seven, like the Pentax six seven, like. I still feel like I'm shooting on an SLR. I mean, I am shooting on an SLR, but I I like the the process of of the of the RB on a tripod, dark slide out, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I like composing on it. Uh, so uh, to me, uh, there's there's something about the, the the depth of field and the separation you get. It is a unique. large format camera that you just yeah. go, like you see it and you go, oh my god, like yeah. it.
1: But there's what a diminishing mind. return at a certain point where, you know, there are definitely times where that depth of field, you know, that specific look is going to be worth all the pain to go through everything, yep. right? But 90% of the time I'm finding, you know, where I see something where it's like, oh, that'd be cool, 4 by 5 image, I should do 4 by 5 But then I think about it, and I'm like, you know what, this would look just as good on 6 by 7 um, mm-hmm. and then, at a, and then, you know, the difference between 35 and six by seven is so much greater than I think the difference between six, seven and four by five in general. Like, I mean, yes, there are, you know, the depth of field is a lot different depending on what you're shooting, but like it, it not enough of a difference where it's like, I'm thinking like, Ooh, RB six, seven or, you know, four by five, It's there's no, there's no fighting yeah. that like, mm-hmm. um, and so I just feel there's just more instances where the six seven or medium format in general just i think does well, I think good enough
0: when i watched kyle when i watched your not your not your last video the video before i think of um pushing ilford mm. and i texted you and i was like fuck ilford um <laughs> what? Uh, wh- which i don't agree with at all like it's hp5 i just i don't it's not my thing it's too gray for me like and i thought i would never shoot hp5 large format for that exact reason i don't Mm -hmm. want large format gray (laughs) like (laughs) like i want i want tonality and like i feel that yeah okay push it you know however many stops to get that contrast but like i just wouldn't be shooting hp5 large format because it's not my thing
1: but i argue and kyle you pointed this out in your video that like hp5 well in the video where you were looking for your new like all around kind of like black and white stock um hp5 has that latitude fan, eh?
0: huh So you're not a real fan because you're not talking about the video i was just talking about just quite a new one so. <laughs> shut up
1: uh the hp5 has that latitude because it has all those grades and that tonality and that gradient like you can go in post and be like oh yeah i want a little more contrast there boop and then you got it because it's i HP5. agree but if it was large format i wouldn't <sighs> it's also just,
2: a box of hp5 is like the one of the cheaper 4x5 films you can well get. that's the thing like yeah. if
0: you look at like you know you look at like portrait even portrait 160 large format it's like 75 bucks for like 10 sheets
2: yeah yeah but then you know 25 Portra... pack of hp5 is like 35 quid or something 40
0: yeah, 40 right. yeah. so like if yeah. you if you want to go in and then like basically the thing is that when you start to, it's great to have it so you can add that contrast and like that's why i shoot elford six by seven. I don't shoot HP five though. But like, I'd rather shoot a film stock that had that contrast in it.
1: And you know what, That's a really great way to kind of bring this back around to what we're talking about earlier. I think that people, do that they shoot specific film stocks for their character and i think that that people can stop doing that so much because if you know what you're doing in the back end and you stop lying to yourself that no one edits their film you can yeah. get the characteristics you want out of whatever fucking film just choose the film for that situation like akhtar okay, obviously so, isn't going to be good for like you know dark yeah. places but you know No i, mean, I
0: agree like, I, yeah I, I mean i agree with that to an extent but i feel like you shoot elford for well then you shoot it for the flatter part to then do you do that to then add the contrast i don't know but there's ilford <laughs> ilford super fuck what's it called
1: xp2 that
0: xp2 xp2 is a really good film that's what i would shoot the c41 black and white yeah because mm. it's got it's got a nice level of contrast for me that I, you can bump just slightly
1: yeah.
0: um whereas hp5 is just too flat for my liking yeah fair, but that's just me
2: fair enough not Fair enough. Many, Moving there's, on. There's too many options. I don't know. All I'll say is, if, when you start shooting four by five, because I know you probably will, buy some HP five as your like testers, because it's gonna take a while to feel comfortable. Yeah. And uh, mm. like, I I went out one uh, one day, like looking for like um, strangers to take portraits of around here, and I brought my medium format and I brought the large format, and I ended up finding some people. And there was one guy and I started with the six by seven. I shot a couple portraits. I had it on the tripod and everything, but I was just so comfortable that I could like focus on, okay, go over here and now look here, like focus on him. And those photos turned out great. And honestly, the four by five shot was like a total shit show. I'm like, (laughs) stand over here. And I'm like trying to get like, and I'm pretty comfortable shooting four by five now, but I'm just like, there were so many, it was almost like I I needed to like have an hour with him and say, oh, can I make your portrait, I'm going to need the next hour one thing
0: in this one thing in this country as well in certain places that you become chronically aware that people are not used to that sort of thing (laughs) and like and it's like you can see them either getting like they start to question and it makes you anxious as a photographer because sometimes people don't feel like as comfortable especially people i think over the youtube generation who aren't used to like people just or, or aren't aware that people just get stopped and ask for the picture taken.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're like, can I take your phone? They're like, sure, this will be fun on your iPhone. And you're like, plus now this massive.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're like, hold yeah. on. Let me, let me apply the emulsion to this wet <laughs> plate really yeah. quick. And then they're like, yeah. and then they're like, what move are those? For an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe Setting maybe up you, a tent. <laughs> yeah. maybe have you seen his boots? Look what he's wearing on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, yeah. uh, it's been about an hour. Let's, to wrap things up. Mike, buy a fucking Fuji, quit faffing yes. about, yep. get a Fuji, get an X-T4, or then, a used X-T3. I mean, get the X-T4, it's the newest one. It's, it's
0: and been. then buy a, buy a Chamonix as well, buy a Chamonix. Buy a yes. Chamonix.
2: Yep, I'm selling so my Intrepid, just saying. Just Kyle, saying. Nothing against Intrepid. Kyle,
0: you told me that like a year ago,
1: and I feel like that boat sailed. Like, I was okay. offering to buy it, and then I got like, pictures of it, I just uh, took
2: product shots I can send them to you.
1: Honestly, that's actually a good thing. You should buy his Intrepid just to get... I'm
2: doing
0: really well with with Kyle's cameras. Right now, I've got his Olympus XA, which is currently a little bit broken. Um, It's it's still just shittered,
2: right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) You you gave me, I think, a dud camera. Um, It was my fault. I knew it. I mean, it could be your fault, or it's
1: probably just me. I'm surprised you still have the XA, uh, Kyle. I thought you didn't like um, it as much.
2: This is my... My new go-to.
1: What is that? I can't see because it's so pixelated.
2: Contact one three nine.
1: Oh yeah. Well yeah. I knew that would be. I knew a contacts would be your kind of number one because you had that video with the contacts um, back in the game. This my next yeah. video coming out. Wednesday.
0: I'm all about the OM one. Nice. I'm just that's just my it's my ride or die 35 mil. It's an absolute banger of a camera. You guys know what
1: I like. I don't even have to say it. Yo, know you've got 462 XAs. So like. <laughs> well, no. I was gonna say the F two you. Yeah. know knob. Fuck. anyway. <laughs> uh Kyle, thanks for coming on. And uh again with your sage advice and wisdom. Um it's always good having you on these two times that we have.
2: Yeah. Next time you want to talk about um boots or uh nickelback or what else do we talk about? There's one other thing too.
1: Avril Levine. Oh, uh, what's Lavigne. the other thing you guys
2: do? Poutine? Poutine, cheese curds and gravy. Yep. yeah There's like cheese that. curds
1: here. Wisconsin. They're they're okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it's a little overrated, but what else? It is what else has
0: Canada got? Ice hockey. Matty Matheson. You've got yep. him.
1: Yeah. Oh Harnes. yeah. Yeah, we'll have you on to talk about all those mundane things that no one Perfect. cares about. Yeah. Line them up.
2: <laughs> I'll do my boot research and I'll listen to some Radiohead songs in the meantime.
1: Oh yeah, I'll send you that playlist. You'll listen yeah. to Radiohead and when you come back on, if you're not a raptor. could you send that band. playlist over mm-hmm. our WhatsApp
0: group
2: chat so I can. I'll send check it over it the group chat. Yeah. Yeah. Do let me know. know what, let me know where I can find this Radiohead band that you're you're talking about. Oh, yeah. They're so a little it's, underground. It's, so. Yeah. It's Chad Kroger. And, is it Radiohead? Like two words? Or is it two one? words. <laughs> yeah. Two words. Okay. Yeah. I think there's an yeah.
1: umlaut over one of the <laughs> O's. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll actually, TV, we'll, put, TV we'll, we'll put a link. I'll make a Spotify playlist. We'll put a link in the show notes so everybody can listen to my Spotify playlist of for Radiohead. For
0: complete transparency, both Christopher and I think they're the best
1: band of all time. Yes. Okay. Correct. It is true. And so Kyle will soon think that as well. You won't be inviting me back on probably not okay uh, everyone say goodbye to Kyle <laughs> bye Kyle love you loads uh, thank you guys it is good talking. Yeah. to you yeah. it's a tittle clip tidal
2: clip bye bye, bye.